You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site, we've got all the things you need to dominate your fantasy football drafts in 2021. All the cheat sheets, uh, rankings, and then looking at my do not draft list, the bust overrated players by ADP, and then the sleepers and steals that you can find, the underrated players by ADP. Those are up as well as my overall draft plan and updated rookie rankings. And also, for you uh, betters out there, we have our early week one picks against the spread out there. So taking advantage of those early spreads available on uh, FanDuel and uh, trying to attack that here well before kickoff for the NFL regular season. So all that kind of good stuff is there. If you missed any of our previous podcasts here this week, we've been uh, doing a series of rankings reports on each division. Basically, we're doing previews and deep dives into every team in the league. We're doing it division by division, so we knocked out three divisions here in the NFC earlier this week. The NFC East, the NFC North, and the NFC South. Today, we're going to focus on the NFC West. We'll close the week, opening it up with the AFC and the AFC East tomorrow, so check out that show. So, a lot of good rankings reports here to get you caught up on what's happening with these teams as the preseason comes to a close here this weekend and teams turn the corner to the regular season. All right, let's uh, start here on today's show with the Rams. We're going a little out of alphabetical order. We want to give the teams that have a little bit more fantasy football interest a little bit more time. And that's what we're doing and breaking it up here. So we'll start with the Rams. We'll eventually get to the Cardinals, Seahawks, and 49ers here in depth before this show is all said and done on a Thursday. Before we dive into all that fun here, i got to tell you, this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. All right, so let's uh, get into uh, what we have here on the Los Angeles Rams, and we're going to look to see where their players are ranked, how you're going to target these players. Let's start at the top on who's the best Rams player available. That would be Robert Woods at wide receiver. He's... Going 36th overall, he's the 14th wide receiver. And right behind him, eight spots later, Cooper Cup, 44 and 19th as a position. So 14 and 19, what do they say? Woods is a borderline wide receiver one in deeper leagues, but wide receiver two in most cases, while Cooper Cup is a wide receiver two, however you look at it. So I think you look at the Rams, they definitely will throw the ball quite a bit here with Matthew Stafford and that big arm. They also don't have that reliable third receiver yet. That's kind of reflected there where we look at the rest of their wide receivers. It drops all the way down to Van Jefferson, who's going 240. He's going as the last wide receiver seven on the board, while Deshaun Jackson, the deep threat, uh, trying to extend his career here, 251 overall 89. So real big drop-off. There's no running buddy like a Brandon Cooks. Josh Reynolds didn't quite cut it last year either. So Woods and Cup, I think Woods is going to benefit most from Matthew Stafford. I think Cup falls more into wide receiver three category. Remember, he had uncanny chemistry there with 
Jared Goff, and he also was very touchdown dependent, where I think Woods is a little bit more independent. I think he'll have higher volume. I think he'll have his highest touchdown total here. So I like Woods as a borderline wide receiver one, and that's where he's at at 14. Close to that, but Cooper Cup, I think, drops into more wide receiver three status because I still think with the injury to Cam Akers, this is going to be a running team, so we're going to see how that plays out. But uh, wide receivers are still the top targets here for the Rams. Woods, again, he's a either wide receiver one or wide receiver two. I think in half point and full PPR, I think i go more into the stage of having him as a wide receiver one, where if I'm in standard leagues, I look at him as a wide receiver two. Cup, it doesn't matter. I think the volume is going to be there, but somewhat limited, and he falls into wide receiver three category more in those mid-20s versus the late teens here in where I'm drafting Cooper Cup. Now, Daryl Henderson, uh, this look at Daryl Henderson right now is on his way down. He's 46th overall, so two picks after Cup, and then uh, 22nd. So he's fallen into the borderline RB2 categories, but we expect a continual drop here. Sonny Michel, they just picked him up. That's the big uh, news here of the week that the Patriots traded him, so it's interesting that we're going to be talking about the Rams division here in the NFC West, and then looking at the Patriots tomorrow. So we'll have the Fallout analysis here over two shows. Uh, For the Rams' perspective, Michelle could really carve out a big role. Henderson has had some durability issues, came up with a thumb issue here. They can't totally trust him to replace Cam Akers. I think you'll get Daryl Henderson. Part of it is also the depth. Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, Raymond Calais. There was a lot there that the Rams could hang their hat on there to say reliable supporting relief there. Xavier Jones has had a pretty good camp so far, but Again, he's dropped all the way down to 291, to 79 at running back. So, Daryl Henderson, again, looked like a potential workhorse. Now it looks like a committee approach. Michelle is a capable receiver, so I think he'll cross over into third downs as well at times. But a good power back, he's going to get most of the goal line work and all that. We know from his uh, time with the Patriots, Henderson gives you a little bit of juice in the receiving game. So, he might be used more there in a committee here. But Michelle, I think he's a pounder. You look at uh, Todd Gurley, same system out of Georgia. Very similar. So this is points very favorable to Michelle. I think right now, again, 159.53, people are still digesting where he's going in the trade, but he's not going to go as a running back five. I think he now falls into RB3 category, and that's where Daryl Henderson is too. If it's standard league and half-point PPR, lean towards Michelle. If it's full-point PPR, I might look at Henderson ahead, but I still think the majority of the touches, it could be a 60-40 type split, are going to fall on Michelle, and the key touches, including the touchdowns, will be his in the running game. So, again, drop Henderson down to running back three, boost Michelle up to RB3 as well, and to see how it falls there. But I'd have a little bit more confidence with the value pick in Michelle a little bit later than Henderson, and that could certainly trend that way where Henderson starts to go behind Michelle in most drafts in, in the ranking. So we'll watch that for sure, but again, that's where I f- find both of them to be RB3. I'm not sure I'm too excited because Sean McVay could mess with us a little bit. We saw that with even Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown last year. Cam Akers eventually emerged there, but this is a different situation. They're trying to fill in the gaps, uh, do uh, backup by committee here. So they needed Michelle. Again, not much behind Henderson. Henderson, hard to trust to stay healthy. So pretty low level of trade here. And we know they've had some trades before with the Cooks involved there as well. So, And Michelle over Henderson is where I would look. And a drop Henderson significantly raise Michelle significantly. Now we look at uh, quarterback Matthew Stafford. A lot of buzz about him. I think he's going in the right spot now. 92 overall, the 11th quarterback. So right there in the QB1s. I think he has a good bounce back year. This is 
not quite to his Alliance heyday where they were throwing a ton and he was going to have to have high volume in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. This Rams team should be playing ahead quite a bit, but you have Woodson Cup, two elite weapons there. He can distribute to the rest, including uh, Tyler Higby at tight end. So Matthew Stafford, even without the running ability in this Rams offense with his arm, with these weapons, with Sean McVay, I think comes back into what we used to have him in Detroit as that solid uh, later QB1, that's exactly where he should be drafted everywhere. Tyler Higby is also the 11th player at his position, the 11th tight end, so he falls into the tight end one category here, and Higby is going right at 100, so right in the middle of uh, most drafts, uh, Tyler Higby is going off the board. I think he's a bit underrated. Again, there are question marks about the third receiver here. You want your tight end to fall into those uh, top three, and it's not like Henderson or Michelle is going to have a big impact in the passing game, so Jefferson and Jackson, with their speed, are going to be more field deep stretchers at points. Higby does have some company in some younger tight ends, but Gerald Everett is gone. So Higby, I think a little bit undervalued. I think he could easily overachieve from that borderline uh, tight end one status there and uh, fall into more of a solid tight end one category, say in the top eight or ten here in 2021. So pretty good value so far for Tyler Higby. Now the defense... Don't forget about the Rams' defense. It's going as number one, 167 overall. So think about where you're targeting defense pretty late in your drafts. We know that someone's going to jump on the Rams earlier, but keep in mind they lost quite a bit. They lost uh, Troy Hill in the secondary. They lost uh, John Johnson there at safety. So they're a little bit weaker in the secondary. Lose Brandon Staley. I don't think that can be discounted here. They still have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if you're going to get the same level big plays from this defense. And we know... If a defense dominates in one year in fantasy football, gets the breaks with the sacks and takeaways, it usually doesn't break the other way. So I'm not going to reach to take this Rams defense any earlier than that, and I'm not sure, and I'm pretty positive that they're not going to finish as the defense special teams won. That's just the trend we've seen in fantasy football. Those numbers are fickle when we're looking at our scoring from season to season. You have Matt Gay. He's the kicker, 288. He's going as a kicker. Two, I think he has the potential to fall into kicker one with how this offense can score, so something to keep in mind there with this team. But, again, I wouldn't uh, think about drafting Matt Gay here. And the defense, again, be careful. I think just assuming they're going to be number one again and having an aggressive pick on them I think is a big mistake and a wasted pick in fantasy football in 2021. So we'll get into our next segment with the Cardinals and Seahawks, and we'll, we'll dive into that. But I do have to remind you about a special show here coming on the network the NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's ultimate season previews, taking through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaCanfora. Follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning on August 30th. We'll be right back here to uh, break down the rest of the NFC West, continuing with the Cardinals and Seahawks rankings reports for 2021 fantasy football, half-point PPR expert consensus rankings. All right, here we go. Let's uh, continue here. We knocked out the Rams. Let's look at the Cardinals and Seahawks. Not as many options. There's some high-level options on these teams, but then it kind of drops off, not a lot of depth. So let's look at the Cardinals first. The first Cardinal you should be targeting in drafts is DeAndre Hopkins, somewhere in the second round. He's going as wide receiver five, so that would suggest the four wide receivers ahead of him are Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and Calvin Ridley. I think that's about right for Nuke. He's going to get a lot of volume. We hope for a few more touchdowns here, but he's clearly the number one still, and uh, you can tell that by the rest of the wide receiver core. 
Rondell Moore, the rookie that Purdue kind of do-it-all cog, uh, open field, uh, big playmaker, 175 and 69 at wide receiver. So he's going as a wide receiver six and hoping that th- there's some juice there. Christian Kirk is going right behind him at 71 at wide receiver, 180 overall. Then right behind him is A.J. Green. Yeah, don't forget, A.J. Green is now with the Cardinals. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald pretty much uh, expected to move on here. He's at 193 and 75, A.J. Green is. So more Kirk and Green all lumped together really late. That says DeAndre Hopkins is still going to dominate targets. The rest are going to be spread out by Kyler Murray here. Look at it. So Hopkins, solid as it gets, year after year. doesn't matter who the quarterback is, who the team is. He's one of the best reliable picks in fantasy, and getting him following up a top running back there in the second round is an excellent pick at wide receiver one. Kyler Murray is at 53rd overall, the third quarterback off the board, so Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen continue to go ahead of him. I think that's about right for Kyler Murray. He's got a good running baseline. He says he's going to run less. I'll see it when I believe it. Running is still a big part of his game, open things up, spread it around, and this is a good running team with what they want to do here when they spread the field, so Kyler Murray is still going to get it done. I think he can do, do it a little bit better in the air this year with uh, now uh, having Rondell Moore and A.J. Green in there with Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella and some of the younger receivers they've had there. Uh, I think you'll see a little bit more of uh, the Cardinals as they focus more on the wide receivers as they should have spreading the ball around. So Murray's going to be helped there. He's going to be helped with his running. He is solidly number three there and 53rd overall. Chase Edmonds, uh, he's been a bit of a point of contention. He's going at 62 here, so he's going as a running back three in half-point PPR. You look at James Conner, he's going as a running back three as well as number 34 at the position. So 28 for Edmonds, 34 for Conner, 62 overall for Edmonds, 82 overall for Conner. So pretty close. People don't know how to read this backfield situation. I still think it's Edmonds. He's produced a lot in this offense, but don't be surprised if James Con- James Conner steals some goal line touches as the power back and all that. So I think it's very much in flux, but Chase Edmonds, I think, fit- better fits this offense. If I'm going half or full point PPR, I like Chase Edmonds as a pretty good little flex play there. And that's about the right value there for him. James Conner, I have no interest in all with his injury and durability history. He's not going to get a lot of key touches here for the Cardinals. So avoiding James Conner really much as a running back three, but I like uh, Chase Edmonds in that running back three spot quite a bit and a flex play. I think overdrafting him as an RB2 is a mistake, but taking him as an RB3 with some good value here is excellent here for Chase Edmonds. And again, no interest in James Conner. Maybe if you're desperate for a handcuff and you don't have enough running back depth, you can look at him behind Edmonds, but I'm certainly not going to invest two picks in a row in the Cardinals' backfield in that sense. Now, we talked about uh, the wide receivers that uh, they're scattershot here and uh, nobody you can look at yet for consistency opposite Hopkins. Matt Prater might be your best option after that at kicker, 222 overall, the seventh best kicker. He's going to put up a lot of points here. It's a very favorable offense to do that. Sometimes they have uh, red zone stagnation, but they're also indoors and favorable conditions. Matt Prater has a big leg, can make a lot, and can kick those 50-yarders. So we like that at all. Also, if your league uses kicker, Matt Prater is pretty solid as it gets. The defense, I think, could be a bit underrated here. 268 overall and 22, so they're going borderline uh, one of the last uh, defense special teams, too. But I think they'll be a good streamer at some point during the season, not in Week 1 against Tennessee. But you get J.J. Watt in there, Chandler Jones coming back. You have Buda Baker in the back end here. Some playmakers and linebackers as well. So I do like the Cardinals being a good streamer at some point. 
And it makes sense to have a defense special teams too, but I think they could surprise some people with some of the pass rushers and playmakers they have here in 2021. Well, let's look at the Seahawks. They also start off the board with a wide receiver right there, right behind DeAndre Hopkins. DK Metcalf, he's 18th on the board. They're overall wide receiver six, solid again, wide receiver to have as your wide receiver one in the second round after you get a running back. So we'll watch for Hopkins and Metcalf. Yeah, I do like Hopkins a little bit more because of the consistency. I think the Seahawks passing game will be a little bit more diversified. Won't just be feeding DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as much here with Shane Waldron calling the plays for Russell Wilson. Lockett, by the way, is appropriately ranked here into the wide receiver twos at 47 or overall and 20th. They don't really have much else at this position. The next wide receiver even on the radar is the rookie Dwayne Eskridge. They're 307 and 108 at the position. So he's going as a wide receiver nine. I think Lockett is right, just about right, but I think taking more in the wide receiver 2-3 borderline versus right in the middle of the wide receiver 2s there. Then uh, Metcalf, I think he's going to pull away a little, little bit more even as a wide receiver 1 here. So I like him right behind uh, those big 4 and Hopkins for sure. For Metcalf's value, I think Lockett might be a bit overrated, and I like some other people down there in those rankings. Chris Carson is at 31st overall for the Seahawks and a 16th there at uh, running back. So, yeah, he's pretty solid as a running back, too. Make sure you get some insurance. Uh, I don't know if Rashad Penny is the way to go. He's going 149th overall, 52nd. You also have DJ Dallas, who filled in well last year when needed uh, from Miami, 311 and 82nd at running back. So, again, Penny is not the best insurance policy, so you have to maybe find someone else there to go after Carson uh, behind him with Penny and his durability issues here. So, Something to keep in mind, but Penny, not a bad stash. This could be make it or break it here for the first-round pick for the Seahawks uh, behind uh, Carson. But, yeah, Carson, the durability issues are only concerned. If he can get on the field, he's going to yield that solid RB2 value here. There, and it makes a lot of sense to target uh, if you go running back wide receiver, running back tight end, something like that to start your draft to come back with Chris Carson before there's a real drop-off at RB2. Okay, Russell Wilson is the next Seahawk on the board. We talked about Metcalf and Lockett, his quarterback, their quarterback, 67 overall, sixth at quarterback. I think he could finish in the top five easily here. We'll see what happens with uh, Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. Those are the two guys between uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray ahead of Russell Wilson. But Wilson could get a great return. I like this offense. In a big year last year, I think he'd have a little bit more consistency. I think that's what drops Wilson down a little bit. But good running baseline in this offense. Great weapons. Going to throw a lot to them. He's going to finish a lot of drives. He's in his prime. All that good stuff here for Russell Wilson. So if Wilson scores right there and breaks the top four, even the top three, I would not be surprised. So very good value. Very solid pick. Very durable as well. You know he's going to be out there every week for you except his uh, bye here as the most durable quarterback in the game. has still missed a start since he entered the league as a starter in 2012. So amazing run there. Let's hope we didn't jinx him, but again, now he's got the durability as Dak lost his last year as a younger quarterback. The next player up is uh, Gerald Everett, the tight end. He's at 139, 18th at tight end. Now, Will Disley, I think, is being a little dissed, so to speak. 339 on the overall board, 41 there at tight end. I think Disley is still going to be involved. They're going to use two tight ends occasionally here. I think you'll see a good mix between 12 and 11 personnel, so maybe using a third wide receiver, diversifying, throwing to the tight ends a little bit more than usual for the Seahawks. But, again, Gerald Everett, let's not get too excited just because he broke up from Tyler Higby. I think Higby without Everett has a lot more value than Everett without Higby just because of the natures of these offenses and who else is there. 
So I like Higby a lot more behind uh, Woods and Cup than I do Everett at all, really, behind Metcalf and Lockett. So be careful about Everett. Not a bad backup with some upside, but Disley is totally not going to go anywhere either. We talked about Rashad Penny going uh, 52nd at running back, so he's going at uh, running back 5 as a potential maybe healthy hand cuff for Carson this year. We look at uh, Jason Myers, the kicker, 229-9, and nine, so solid kicker. He delivers, makes a lot of kicks. He's pretty consistent there. So, yeah, one of those solid kickers like Prater that you can take there at near the end of your draft. If your league is still using kickers, the defense is going as a defense special teams two at number 18. So kind of the middle, they have Jamal Adams and a few playmakers there. I think this is a streaming purposes only type of defense in Seattle. All right, so there you have a look at uh, two more teams from the NFC West. We do have to close with a big one. The San Francisco 49ers saving maybe the best for last with all their options and the depth there. Before we get into them, I have to tell you about Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar. NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use a mobile device this time today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded all the way up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use that promo code Locked On to take advantage of that 100% welcome bonus today. We'll be right back here to close the show, looking at the 49ers and their fantasy football prospects. Very exciting ones here in 2021. All right, uh, we've talked about the Rams and the Cardinals and the Seahawks. San Francisco is a very good closer here. So let's go to them and look at uh, who's topping their board in the rankings in the drafts. And it is George Kittle in the half-point PPR. This is according to the expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros. He's going 34th, so he's going in the third round overall. And the tight end three behind Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Still holding steady. George Kittle, the reports have been really good in camp. He's looked good. He's fully healthy. Let's hope he's healthy. We know he can have a huge season when healthy. He has the durability issues, and that's the one concern, so make sure you get a pretty solid backup there later in this draft, because look, uh, we know that you can't totally rely on George Kittle to be out there on the field for all now 17 games on the schedule, so let's Let's hope and uh, let's think that he can rebound, but the numbers are there if he can support a full season. He's the lead option. However, you look at it, and if he's out there, I think he's going to outscore Darren Waller this season as well, by the way, as a, as a side note here. And it'll be interesting to see Kittle versus another Iowa tight end, TJ Hawkinson, maybe battling for that second spot in the end behind Kelsey. Let's look at Brandon Ayuk next. He's at 58 overall, 23rd at wide receiver, so he's Falling in right in the wide receiver twos, I like him a little bit higher than that. If you want to be aggressive to get him, I think he's clearly the number one guy there you can trust. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, he's going to get the ball to Kittle and Ayuk mostly here. So I think there should be a separation between Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Samuel is going 88th overall and 35 there. So Ayuk is going as the penultimate wide receiver two. 
and Samuel's going as the penultimate wide receiver three. So a very interesting dynamic there, but I think that's right. So you look at it, it's really a, a whole round higher in terms of uh, wide receiver picks. Ayuk is going ahead of Samuel. I think that's correct. Samuel has more durability issues. He's more small play dependent. Well, Ayuk, I think, is more overall the better receiver here with his big playability touchdowns. He's the first-round pick from last year. Samuel's the second-round pick, so there's a pedigree there that you can look at, point to the pick and the value. Samuel has to stay healthy, and if Samuel is not, then Ayuk and Kittle will be even better values here as uh, they distribute uh, mainly to these three guys. So I like offenses with limited weapons that are all elite. You have that here with the, the 49ers. But again, George Kittle and Ayuk are more likely to exceed expectations, while Samuel is probably more reliable to uh, disappoint here, just based on, again, his durability history and the nature of the way he plays and just being third, probably in his pecking order, no matter who's the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Now, it's interesting to see what's happening with Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon. Mostert, the valuable special teamer that has turned into the 49ers starter, 68 overall. He's going 29 running back, so just like the duo... The Cardinals, he's going 29. You have Trey Sermon, the rookie there from Ohio State. He's going 72nd overall, 31. So look at this. So you had Edwards and Connor really tight there in Arizona as a running back three. You have Mostert and Sermon now very close together as running back threes. I'm much preferring Sermon here. I don't trust Mostert to stay healthy here at all. Sermon is perfect for this offense. He has looked really good here. I think they're going to lean toward the youth movement here. Uh, Mostert at times could be valuable, but again, I don't trust him to stay healthy, and Sermon really could dominate this backfield rather, sooner rather than later. I just trust him to maybe be closer to a feature role than Mostert. And Jeff Wilson is f- kind of faded. They also have Wayne Gallman. Wilson's going 276 overall, 74th at wide r- running back, and Wayne Gallman 278 and 76. So Wilson and Gallman, we'll see if both of them make the team. It's going to t- be tough to stay here. So... I, I like Sermon, the upside, more than Mostert. It's uh, clear here, and that's where I'm going to go, and I, I'm not interested in drafting Raheem Mostert at all in 2021. Trey Lance, this is the big question mark. To start Trey Lance or not to start Trey Lance? Well, the 49ers are keeping it coy with Kyle Shannon. Everyone else is pretty much set. The Bears are starting Andy Dalton in Week 1. The Broncos are going with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson are going to be in there opening day. And Mac Jones versus Cam Newton, that's a little bit ambiguous too with their coaching staff there. But when we look at it, Trey Lance, 177 overall, 24th, so he's going as the last QB2. Again, if Lance is the starter, he's going to shoot ahead of Justin Fields, who needs to wait to play. Great matchup immediately in Week 1 against the Lions there. So Trey Lance could be a league winner, and if he starts in Week 1, you're going to plug him into your lineups, and it would be a great value there. So I think it'll be Garoppolo early, however, but... Looking at Lance versus Fields, I think Fields gets on the field a little bit sooner. So if they both start on the bench, I'm saying Fields there. If Lance starts early, I'm going Lance over Fields no matter what here. So something to watch. But notable that Jimmy Garoppolo, no one has a lot of confidence, even if he's out there starting. I think, again, good streamer to look at against Detroit in Week 1 if you need one. 284 and 33 in the 2QB League. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have some value as long as he's starting. That's a little bit tricky for those of you playing in Superflex. You invest both in Lance and Garoppolo to have the 49ers quarterback controlled there so you can make sure you have someone to start there at your QB2 or Superflex. So something to keep in mind, but let's hope uh, Kyle Shanahan makes a decision here soon and we can figure things out. Because it's Lance, we can go all in, be aggressive in drafting him. If it's Garoppolo, we still want to get Lance and take Garoppolo later, but keep in mind Garoppolo will have the keys to a pretty good offense and an excellent matchup right away in Week 1 with Detroit. 
All right, we look at the defense. Everyone expects them to rebound. They're 182 overall, the fifth defense. Pretty good for sure with the Nick Bosa and crew back healthy. So, yeah, that's pretty good value. Am I going to overdraft them? No. This is the case with any defense. I'm not taking the Rams 1. I'm not taking the 49ers 5. I think they're more likely than not to be less than that. And a team that you don't see in the top 10 is going to be a surprise. The high-end defense special teams won this season. So a little bit high for me with... Limited playmakers there overall. The secondary a little bit in transition here for the 49ers. So I do still like them as a starter. But again, I don't trust any defenses at every week starter here. I don't think there's any that good. And there's a lot of boom offenses in the league. But that said, week one in Detroit. And Jared Goff is a great matchup right away for that 49ers defense to get in your lineup. Robbie Gould is 225. So still another solid kicker. So we have three, at least three solid kickers here in the NFC West, if your league is still using them, and uh, Myers, Prater, and Robbie Gold. And then Matt Gay actually could surprise and also be a kicker that uh, finishes in the top 12. Would not surprise me there. So something to look at there. And we talked about Wilson and Gallman. Jimmy G versus Lance is the debate we're going to have and figure out who's going to get in the lineup. There, again, Jimmy G, just look at a streamer if you're desperate there. But Lance has the higher upside. And again, if Lance and Fields got equal opportunity here. I'd rather have Lance because the offensive line, the running game, the passing game, everything is better in San Francisco than it is in Chicago. So uh, there you have it. There's a look at the NFC West, our penultimate division of the week. We will cover the AFC East tomorrow, doing similar things here, breaking things down. So we'll talk about the Bills, Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins in that order. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blood specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. For this edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day and see you tomorrow as we close the week looking at the rankings report for the AFC East.